0: so many things happen when you're on stage that you can't control. I think that's the hardest part about competing is that when you're on stage in that moment, whatever happens is what happens and you cannot change that. There's nothing you can control about those situations.
1: That's Dejana Talbot, current Miss Utah and all-around great person. I'm Greg Baird. This is the Photo Gregor Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> So today I'm talking to Dejana Talbot about everything Miss Utah and everything Miss America, as well as some of the things that she's interested in. Um, She's a great girl, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. So welcome to the podcast. I am here with Dejana Talbot, our current Miss Utah, competing for the title of Miss America. How are you, Dejana?
0: I'm good. How are you, Greg?
1: Oh, so Good. Thank you for being my first guest.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Well, I'm excited uh, that you're here. You are such an amazing person, and I really want to highlight that. And I hope that uh, I hope that you enjoy this process as much as I do. And I'm new at interviewing, so it might take me a while to get into it. But uh, I've got a good a set of good questions for you. Are you ready to go?
0: Yeah, I'm ready.
1: Okay, so where I want to start, potentially, is I want you to take me back... To the night, I believe it was May of 2019, when you're standing on stage and you're sitting in the top, what what was it, the top five that they had you in?
0: Yeah, top five.
1: So you're there, top five. Um, What was going through your head at that moment?
0: So many things were going through my head in that moment. It was crazy, I mean, to actually be in that experience. I had actually competed for the title of Miss Utah the previous year, so it felt very similar, but in such a different way. I remember... Uh, The very first part of the competition we had had that night as the top 15 was our onstage question. And I personally felt like I did a horrible job with my onstage question. I was so distraught and I went backstage and I was crying to my friend Morgan, who was helping me get ready.
1: And that's your first time or that's the second time? This
0: is the second time. So this year... Um, And I was like, I'm not going to win. I messed up on my onstage interview. It's over. And she just totally calmed me down and said, you know, it's going to be okay. You've got this. Just go out and do your best because you don't want to live with any regrets. So I decided to go out and to perform my talent to the best of my abilities. Then I had my uh, evening gown, which then had my social impact pitch. And then finally we had a little question pitch with the judges. And all throughout that, I could just feel my spirits getting higher and getting higher and getting higher and feeling like, okay, I can really do this. This is something that is possible for me. Uh, but if it doesn't happen, then that's going to be okay because I'm here in this moment and this is what it is supposed to be. And so when we finally got, to that top five Uh, the previous year I had been called as the fourth attendant. So they're calling the fourth attendant and I was just waiting for my name to be called as fourth attendant. I was like, all right, fourth attendant two years in a row. That's pretty good. I can do that. And then my name wasn't called. Then they called third attendant, second attendant, first attendant. And my name wasn't called until they finally called, you know, Miss Utah 2019 is Miss Greater Salt Lake DeJana Talbot. And I just dropped to the floor. I really did. I dropped and I was just so utterly grateful for every experience that i had ever had leading up to that because i know that it is everything that i have done that had made me the person that i was supposed to be in that moment to be the miss utah that i am in this moment
1: that's interesting you went through all of like my first five questions i mean literally (laughs) (laughs) that excellent answer um are the tears real
0: Yes, the tears are real. I wasn't crying yet. I was in a lot of shock when they first called my name, and then I saw my parents in the audience, and it was just over for me. The tears would not stop at that point because I was able to see them and to see how happy they were for me and to understand everything that they had done for me, everything they had given up, everything they had sacrificed for me to be able to have that moment. And so at that point, that's when the tears really started to come and they didn't stop until probably the next week. I was crying for like a week straight. Cause I was just so happy and excited and grateful. And so many emotions were going on at once.
1: Hey, the, the crying Miss Utah. That's a, that's a good <laughs> image. <laughs> um, how long have you wanted this? <sighs>
0: since I was super, super young. Uh, my mom was the director of Miss Spanish Fork when I was growing up, so I've been to a lot of Miss Utah competitions. I was a little Miss when I was five years old up until I was eight years old, so almost every year I was going to Miss Utah with one of the candidates and, you know, being on stage and feeling like I was so cool in the star of the show, which obviously was not what that was about, but It's been a long time because I've been able to see the women who have been competing throughout the years and to truly grasp and understand what this organization does. And what it does is it allows women a platform to be able to make their voices heard and their voices known. Uh, Growing up as a woman, I feel like a lot of the times we're told that our opinions aren't important, that our opinions aren't valued, that we don't need to have an opinion because we just need to look good. But at the end of the day, what every woman should know is that their opinion and their voice is the most important thing that they can use. And so I've seen the Miss Utah organization, the Miss America organization, give women that opportunity. And I knew that I needed that and that I needed to share that with all of the younger girls of this generation to allow them to have that opportunity and to be able to give that to them as well.
1: So what's one of those uh, moments where you saw... Um somebody that that looks up to you and find their voice. I mean share an experience maybe that you've had with that.
0: Oh yes. I've had an amazing time as Miss Utah being able to go to different schools and to be able to talk about my social impact initiative, uh, Serve Esteem, increasing self-esteem through service. And I remember there was one school I went to and they wanted me to talk about not only Serve Esteem, but they also wanted me to touch on suicide prevention and awareness. Uh, That was something that they had been working on in their school at that time, and they asked if I could put that, you know, into my speech. And so I was able to kind of make those two mix and had a really good time speaking with these kids, you know, took pictures afterwards, it was great, and then I left. About three months later, I got a message on Facebook from someone who had said that they had gotten home from work that day And across the street, they noticed three little girls and there were two policemen. And so they went across the street because they knew the little girls and, you know, wanted to give an adult presence to see what was going on. And she asked them, you know, what was happening, what was going on, was everything okay? And one of the little girls had mentioned to her that... Uh, what had happened was one of her friends had called her and told her that she was going to commit suicide, that she was done, and that today was the day. And she said that she had ended up calling the police and she went over to the friend's house to try and console her to help because that's what Miss Utah taught her to do. And it was in that moment that I realized that what I'm doing is so worth it because if I only touch that one little girl to be able to help her friend to live another day then everything I've done throughout this entire year and everything I'm going to do for the next year as Miss Utah has been completely and utterly worth it.
1: Well, then you think about all the effects later on, that person's going to grow up and, and, and uh, they're going to do things and, and have, uh, you know, great moments and sad moments. And you've, you've facilitated that that person gets to experience those. That's cool. Thanks for sharing that. So it's a, it's a it's a terrible segue, I know, but uh, <laughs> I've seen you in a lot of events in this last year. Um, one of those is hosting quite a few pageants yes and making appearances. What are some of the thought-provoking moments you've seen as, as you've seen other people compete?
0: Yeah, that's a very good question. I really like that question. It's really interesting going from competing uh, in the organization. I mean, that's all I did since I was 13 years old. Every year until I won Miss Utah has been competing in one of the competitions, whether it was in the teen organization or the Miss organization. And so now being able to kind of sit back and to watch and to experience what it's like for all of these young women has been really cool to be able to truly understand what goes on behind the scenes because when i'm there and i'm competing it's my moment and i need to make sure that it's my moment and that i'm focused on what it is that i need to do but when i'm there just hosting or performing i'm able to catch glimpses of everything that's going on and one of the things that I've really, really enjoyed is seeing the women compete and be so excited for the lady that is on stage. Um, there's a lot of, you know, ideas that in the pageant world, girls are really catty and they're mean and they want the other person to fail so that way they could win. And in all honesty, that can be true to a sense. I mean, when you get a group of people together, there can be, you know, some meanness, some hardships, but at the end of the day, there's always someone who is rooting for everyone. And that's my favorite girl at every competition, is the girl who truly sees the light in everyone else and just wants to help them shine. And I've seen that at every competition. There's always at least One girl, one woman, one lady who's there to make everyone else's experience better. And a lot of the times that's not the girl who ends up winning the competition. But in my eyes, she's truly won because she has found what this world needs to be about. It's that love. It's that kindness. It's that growth. And it's helping others reach their full potential so that way you can reach yours as well.
1: Were you that girl in your pageants?
0: I'd like to think I was. Um, It's so hard to know because when you're in that moment, you have to focus and you have to be prepared. But I really liked to make time to give other women their moment as well because there's so much going on throughout that week and it's hard and it sucks pageant week is so hard. And at the end of the week, I think everyone goes home and just crashes for like a month because you'd been preparing for so long. You're finally here and it's hard and you have to be on your A game every step of the way. And so finding times to give other women their moment to allow them to know how wonderful they are, how much their hardships and their hard work Is paying off I think is really important Uh, one of the things that I like to do when I'm competing and even when I'm not competing just when I'm there watching or when I'm there hosting is to write thank-you notes uh, to all of the directors and all of the people who are helping backstage but also to try and write a thank-you note for every woman who is there because whether they know it or not they have a bigger impact than I think they know and so making sure that they understand that impact and to just give them thanks you know for helping me zip up my dress or for lending me some hairspray I mean those things go a lot farther than I think people really understand.
1: They do uh, it's the it's the small kindnesses how much hairspray do you go through?
0: Um, a lot of hairspray, especially <laughs> as a ballerina, because when I perform my talent, I just slick that bun back, because there is no way I'm going to let it fall out of my head. Uh, when I was growing up dancing, I had a very strict ballet teacher who I absolutely adore, but... If our buns fell out on stage, if our strings and our pointe shoes came unraveled, if we had a rip in our tights while we were on stage, it was the end of the world. So I go through a lot of hairspray making sure that bun stays in my head and will not move while I'm dancing.
1: Well, the world thanks you for it. <laughs> <laughs> what What are some of the funny moments you've seen... Um, Uh, in pageants. Uh, Do they call them pageants anymore? It seems like they're called competitions at the moment.
0: Yes. uh, The lingo's transitioned a little bit throughout the years. And so, I mean, people still call them pageants and it is a pageant, but we've tried to transition the lingo to competition, which I think is actually a little bit more fitting uh, because it is a competition. It's a hard competition.
1: Well, and you'll forgive me for, for, for taking my time and learning the lesson. It is It is a huge change in attitude and environment by calling it competition. So uh, I'm still making that transition myself.
0: Oh, everyone is. I mean, I still make that transition too. It's, you go from, you know, having a certain lingo for so many years to having to change it. It's hard. But I think a lot of, What we've been changing has been for good and it makes a lot more sense when you think about the Miss America organization to think about it as a competition.
1: Absolutely, so back to the question, what are some of the funny moments you've seen at uh, uh, competitions?
0: Yes Uh, there are so many because we're all human and things happen on stage all of the time Um, I think probably four out of like the six or seven, I'd have to count, competitions that I've competed in, my point two shoe has fallen off on stage and I have fallen. Like, that has happened way more to me than I ever thought possible. Um, I remember my first year at Miss Utah, the night that I was doing my preliminary talent Right before I went on stage, I was like, oh, my pointe shoe feels a little loose, but I didn't have time to do anything about it. So I just had to go on stage, and I was like, well, hopefully it doesn't fall off. It didn't fall off. It stayed on. It was perfect. Um, That was, like, the best I'd ever danced up to that point. I felt so good. And then afterwards, I was able to, you know, mingle with my parents before I had to go back to the hotel. So I gave my mom my pointe shoes, and I said, they're a little bit loose. Can you tighten them um, for final night in case I'm called in the top 15? So she took them home, tightened them. Then she also went out and bought me a brand new pair of point shoes and sewed those together so that way I would have two options of point shoes to feel really good about on stage. And so I put those point shoes on. Uh, I put my brand new point shoes on for final night, my first year. And I double stick taped them to the back of my heel. I hairsprayed them onto my feet. I tied them super tight. Like, there was no way that those point shoes were coming off. And in the very last, I'd say like two, eight counts of my piece, it just slipped off my foot and I fell right on my butt on stage. And it was mortifying. You could hear a pin drop. Everyone was so so silent, uh, but now I look back on that, and I actually have the video of it, and I just laugh at myself every time I see that, because I can't believe that that happened, but there's a lot of, a lot of falling on stage, a lot of times girls will mix up their words a little bit, which happens to the best of us, I've done that so many times, um, zippers come undone, earrings get lost, I mean, so many things happen when you're on stage that you can't control. I think that's the hardest part about competing is that when you're on stage in that moment, whatever happens is what happens and you cannot change that. There's nothing you can control about those situations.
1: But how much growth is there in the in the idea that the show must go on and you, and, and you're still you're still competing regardless of the 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 setbacks?
0: Oh, so much growth. I mean, These women who are able to compete in this organization are so strong and determined and will do anything to be able to have the opportunity to compete. So if their earring falls out, if their dress comes undone, they're just going to keep on going. And that's where you truly grow and you understand that you cannot control the things that happen to you in your life, but you can control how you react to those. And that's where your true character is shown
1: great answer speaking of great answers what's what's some of the best answers you've heard other people give at these at these competitions you go to
0: oh there's so many I think my favorite on-stage questions come from the teen program because once you get into the miss, program, uh, things become a lot more mature, a lot more political. All of our onstage questions have to do with current events and what's going on in the world, which is very important to make sure that you're well-rounded and that you understand what is going on where you live. But when you're in the teen program, the questions are a little bit more fun and just getting to know you questions and cute, silly questions. And so I love being able to hear those questions. I think the best answer that I've heard in a teen program so far had to have been, okay, so my little sister, Azuray Talbot, was Miss Utah's Outstanding Teen, I think two years ago now. Mm -hmm. And I remember when she answered her onstage question, I died in the audience because they asked her if you could have any meal for the rest of your life and nothing else, what would that meal be? And she sat there for a minute and she thought about it and she goes, I would have salad. And I was sitting there thinking, you don't eat salad. Like she does not do vegetables. She does not do any of that. She's just (laughs) like... Azra, we still love you. I know. But she was (laughs) like, I'd have a salad. I was like, no, you wouldn't. But then she answered that with, because there's so many different types of salad, because you can have pasta salad, you can have fruit salad, you can have dessert salad. And I was like, okay, that's a good answer. And now every time someone asks me that question, that's always my answer, is if I could only eat one food for the rest of my life, it would be salad, because there's so many different kinds of salads you can have.
1: Right. I I love the 7,000-calorie salads from some of these uh, fresh Mex restaurants. They're pretty yes. cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's that's where I live.
0: Uh-huh. But you feel good because it's a salad.
1: It, it's definitely a salad. <laughs> it, it It hits my healthy... Healthy, uh, you know, whatever strike your funny bone for the healthy bone is, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Good expression, Greg. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So um, I want to transition maybe to some of the other events. I mean, you get to attend and host and participate in a lot of things as Miss Utah. What? I mean, talk about some of the things you've done and seen and um, yeah, just tell me some of the cool things you've seen.
0: Yeah, I've had the opportunity to be able to attend a lot of different kinds of events, a lot of, you know, business events, a lot of speaking engagements, I've been able to do a lot of service, and it's been an incredible year to be able to get out in my community and to really understand what it's all about. Uh, But I think my favorite events are when I get to partner with uh, the Mascot Miracles Foundation. Mm -hmm. They're a foundation here in Utah, and it's essentially a -a Make-A-Wish, but specifically for children with special needs, because they have the understanding that these disabilities happen all year long, and they happen for their entire lives. So they like to give them opportunities throughout the year to be able to have a little fun, to not think about their hardships for a minute. And I really enjoyed working with them. I specifically remember, I think this is my favorite event to date, and I don't know if anything will ever be able to top it. Uh, I was able to go with this girl named Kim. Uh, And Kim didn't have a whole lot longer to live. And so they wanted to do something really, really special for Kim. She was one of their heroes, is what they call them. And then uh, when they pass away, they transition into their angels. So she was in the process of getting ready to transition into an angel. And they wanted to do something for her. Her doctor had told them the only reason that Kim is alive right now is because she is waiting to see Frozen 2. He said she should not be alive right now, but she is fighting so hard because she wants to see Frozen 2 before she passes. And so they were able to get together to rent out the movie theater for a day to have all of the mascots come. I was invited to have Elsa and Anna and Belle and Cinderella come and to just sit down with Kim and to watch this Frozen premiere before it even came out, and it was such an inspiring experience because she was so happy and grateful and gracious the whole time at a point in her life where she really should be upset, she really should be mad, and, you know, just understanding that life is hard and that she's been given a really hard lot to bear, But that was not on her mind, and at the end of the night, she ended up giving us all these little uh, key charms that she made to put on our keys, and every time I look at it, it just reminds me of her, and it reminds me how special and beautiful life is, and how you can never take anything for granted. But my favorite part about that event is that it was Kim was sitting in the middle, She had Elsa on one side. She had Anna on the other side. And I was sitting next to Elsa, I believe. I was very lucky. So I was sitting next to Elsa. And whenever something cool would happen in the movie, like whenever Elsa would do something or Anna would do something really heroic or inspiring. Kim would look over at them and say, that's you. Oh my gosh, good job. You did that. That's amazing. Because <laughs> in Kim's mind, the real Elsa and Anna came to watch Frozen with her. And she was experiencing all of that at the same time that they were. And that was really fun to be able to see just pure absolute joy and excitement and just telling Elsa that she did an amazing job. It was so, so sweet.
1: That's uh, that's the magic of... Uh, well, that's why we go to movies. The, yeah. That magic, get to live a life that's uh, fictional yet real to us. Exactly. Awesome. So th- that, you know, deviating from my script a little bit, I... I kind of want you to talk about your honorary Miss Utah for a second. What's she like?
0: Oh, my goodness. So my honorary Miss Utah, her name is Megan Cox. I absolutely adore her. Uh, I remember when I first decided to appoint an honorary Miss Utah, it was when I was at the Miss Lehigh competition shortly after I had won my title as Miss Utah. And I was watching an at Miss Lehigh, what they had done is they also had a competition for the students of the high schools in Lehigh where they could compete, uh, the special needs students could compete, you know, to be an honorary Miss Lehigh and to be able to reign with Miss Lehigh and to go to events and to just really feel special and to have that moment. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Ever And I just immediately was like, I need an honorary Miss Utah. So I was thinking about who I wanted to appoint. I mean, I have so many uh, special needs friends that are very close and dear to my heart that would do an amazing job. But I knew it had to be Megan. Uh, Megan has Rett syndrome and it's very severe. So she can't speak. She has a hard time walking uh, day to day. Things that we do and take for granted are things that she's never really been able to do. Um, And so, growing up, we were in the same church together. And during, you know, the meetings, if she would get a little antsy, uh, I would also get a little antsy. So, I'd go and I'd take her and we'd go on walks around the building, we'd go on walks outside and those moments, you know, just being with her and feeling her presence and knowing that she couldn't really speak to me, but our conversations were so beautiful just because her spirit was so beautiful, and the way that she has touched me, um, I will never forget. She is easily one of my best friends, and she has been an amazing honorary Mishita, and I've had a lot of fun with her. I like to invite her to a lot of the competitions that I go to that I'll be hosting Um, because after the competitions, her favorite thing to do is to get up on the stage and to do a lap of the stage and to just feel like, you know, the stage is hers and it is. She commands that stage. (laughs) And so that's my, one of my favorite things is just watching her take a lap on the stage and just having that moment and being able to give that to her and to see just the happiness that she has inspires me on a daily basis.
1: Well, she sounds awesome.
0: She's awesome.
1: Um, So, I mean, you're talking about more events. I mean, what, what do you love about your demanding schedule?
0: I have always liked to be busy. Um, I've grown up as a ballerina. I've been dancing since I was two, and it's an intense schedule. Uh, so every day, I mean, from probably fifth grade on. You wake up, you go to school, you leave school an hour early to get to ballet, you dance until about in high school. I was dancing every day from three to about nine. Then you go home, then you have a couple hours to get homework done, go to bed, wake up, do it all the next day. And I thrive in a busy schedule because I like being able to have opportunities to always be moving, to always be doing something, to be productive, um, and so being Miss Utah has been that, but on an even more heightened level. And the thing that I really like about being Miss Utah is that not only am I busy, but I'm busy making an impact. I'm busy being productive, and every day is something new, and every day I come home with a new memory. With you know, a new idea to just understand my community a little bit better.
1: Oh, great answer. Great answer. Um, what's hard about your schedule? I mean, you're you're on the go all the time.
0: Yeah. What's hard is having to be on all the time. Uh, you always have to be happy. You always have to be smiley. You know, you always have to make Other people feel warm and welcomed by you, which is part of the job and is something that I enjoy doing, but... There are bad days. Everyone has bad days. And there are days that sometimes I wake up and I just don't want to put on a dress and makeup and, you know, wear heels and smile the whole day. But that's the job. That's what I signed up to do. And every time I do end up going to these events, even when I'm having a bad day, my spirits are always lifted because I'm able to be with others and to understand them a little bit better. And I think when you come to understand the people that you're serving, it takes away from the work that you're having to do and makes it more about that relationship that you have with that person.
1: It sounds like you've started with some bad days. Do you ever end with a bad day?
0: Yes, (laughs) of course I do. Um, I am an avid Diet Coke drinker. I love Diet Coke.
1: Hashtag I, Diet Coke. Sponsor us. I
0: know. Please do. I love Diet Coke. <laughs> Diet Coke. I Okay, here's how my fountain drinks go. So I like to do it in the fountain. I don't like the bottles or the cans because I do a 32-ounce Diet Coke with a little bit of Diet Mountain Dew in the bottom and then coconut and lime syrup. And that is, like, all I need to make a day good. And so, some days when I don't get my Diet Coke, it ends as a bad day.
1: So, I'll be back in a minute. You just hang tight there. I'm going to go <laughs> get some Diet Coke. You made me thirsty all of a sudden. Um uh, so, so, but talk about some of those hard days just a little bit. Who do you lean on?
0: Yeah. Um, there's so many people in my life. I am incredibly, incredibly lucky to have an amazing support system who has been there for me since day one. But one of the things that I've really had to learn this year uh, is to lean on myself a little bit more. Uh, I am... What do you
1: mean by that?
0: Yeah. So I have always been a people pleaser. I've always wanted to do everything absolutely perfect to make the people around me happy. And this year I've learned to make myself happy and to understand that I'm not always going to do things perfect. I'm going... To sometimes let people down but that's okay because it's who I am that is going to make me happy it's not who I am to other people and so this year of course I have my parents and my family members and my friends and my boyfriend and my directors and everyone is so supportive and loving and I'm so grateful for them and everything they've done but this year I've really learned to lean on myself a little bit more, to understand myself a little bit more has been really important for me.
1: That would be an amazing end to the interview, but we haven't even talked about Miss Miss America Week yet. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) are you ready to go into that?
0: Yes, of course.
1: Okay. So Miss America Week, um, obviously you get there. um, Who did you connect with immediately?
0: Oh, my BFF. Uh, Abby. She is Miss Washington. We had an event with all of the Miss America uh, candidates a couple months before we went to Miss America, so I was able to meet and mingle with the girls before we got there, and me and Abby were roommates and just clicked immediately Um, we stayed up the first night all night just talking about anything and everything and the next morning we were just dead and did not want to go anywhere or do any of the meetings we had to do but (laughs) we really got along Um, and the entire week having her by my side was really really important for me I made a lot of friends and I had a fantastic time and I was really lucky because my Miss America class was a special group of women, of women who are just loving and kind and want the best for everyone, which doesn't always happen. Um, But especially having Abby with me was super helpful. She actually attends BYU and so she'll be coming back to Utah for school in the fall and I cannot wait to bug her every single day because I just absolutely adore and love her. She is my best friend. Well,
1: aren't you going to the U?
0: I'm going to the U. So we are a little bit of rivals, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) The U U meaning the University of Utah for anybody who doesn't uh, live in Utah County or Salt Lake County.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, It's okay. She's the only exception that I'll make.
1: Oh, come on. <laughs> I work there, you know.
0: I know. My dad also <laughs> went to BYU. So, there's a little bit of rivalry in the house as well, but
1: fair enough. So, so who who uh, among the Miss America contestants um, who didn't you know that that impressed you that you that you saw in a whole new light after that week?
0: Yeah. That's a very good question. There were a lot of girls. I had had the opportunity to meet everyone prior to the competition, but I didn't really know everyone yet. Uh, I hadn't really formed a relationship with all of the girls yet. Uh, And one of the uh, women that I really created a solid connection with um, is Miss Idaho. She is the sweetest, just kindest, girl ever. She actually ended up winning our Miss Congeniality, which for those of you who don't know is an award at the end of the competition where all of the girls vote on, you know, the woman who they thought was the kindest and the nicest and went out of her way to be helpful throughout the entire competition. And she was just always, always happy, always had a smile on her face, always was there to give you a hug when you need one. And I just strive to be like her when I grow up because she really showed a lot of kindness and a lot of love during that week, which was kind of hard because it was a hard week. But I don't think I once saw her without a smile. And it was very genuine. It wasn't forced. It was just genuine love and appreciation for humanity and for all of the women that were there.
1: Do you feel like people have a lot of pressure on them to... to Do you have that permanent smile a lot of times?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they do. Um, I mean, I have that pressure a lot of the time. It's hard to let your guard down and to be your true self. That's something that I've been finding a lot this year, too, is that in those moments when you're able to truly just let go, um, you have to hold on to those moments because you don't get those a lot. I mean, life is hard. It's waking up and it's doing the same thing day after day after day and keeping that permanent smile on your face. But every once in a while, I think it's important to let ourselves go, to let ourselves be sad, to let ourselves be upset, to let ourselves, you know, just want to stay in bed all day every once in a while. I think those things are valid and we need to also understand those emotions as well.
1: Yeah, man, that's a whole different podcast. (laughs) Uh, So that's we could talk about so many of these things as branching points. Um, uh, Kind of want to get back to Miss America week, week though. What was the they? I know that every day they have activities for you and meetings and some other things. What was the coolest thing that they had you guys all do?
0: Hmm. I don't know. It was a crazy week. Um, A lot of our days were spent on stage doing rehearsals, um, and our final production rehearsal before final night was when, oh, his name just lost me, A uh, Slater from Saved by the Bell, not Slater, um,
1: Mario Lopez?
0: Mario Lopez. Yes, he always, always hosts Miss America. I can't believe... Hi, Mario. I know. I'm in love with him. I can't believe his name... I hope you're
1: listening, Mario.
0: I can't believe his name slipped my mind. I'm (laughs) so sorry, Mario. I love you. I love Saved by the Bell. I'll save
1: you in editing.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) But Mario (laughs) Lopez uh, came... Because he always hosts the Miss America, you know program. and so he was there during our production rehearsal and we all had like curlers in our hair and no one had makeup on and we were all in our sweats and we were just like googling over Mario Lopez. I know
1: that dimple right?
0: Uh, I know. So that was a lot of fun to meet him and to feel like I met a real celebrity.
1: A real celebrity, as yes. if as if Miss Utah and other forty nine, fifty <laughs> other women who are not celebrities, right?
0: Well, of course <laughs> they are, but that's normal to me. I mean, I had been with them all week, and so meeting handsome little Mario from my fi- I loved Saved by the Bell. I watched. I think I've seen Saved by the Bell probably like three or four times. So to see him in person was pretty cool.
1: That's cool. So. How was it that week? How was it to perform your talent on stage?
0: Oh, that was one of the most incredible feelings. That was the best I had ever performed that specific piece by far. Um, It really, it went by so quickly. When I was finished with it, I was sad that I couldn't do it again. I just wanted to keep performing and performing because I had worked so hard to be in that position and my entire life that has been one of my main goals is to perform my talent on the Miss America stage and to actually be able to do it and to be in that moment was just a fantastic feeling I felt like I was floating across the stage the whole time um it was really really cool I remember when I turned around During the piece, they have these big screens on the side of the stage where they project, you know, what's going on the stage for the people in the back so they can see it a little bit better. And I turned around to get ready for a pirouette section, and I saw myself on the screen. I was like... (gasps) that's me. I'm on the screen and I'm huge and I'm dancing on Miss America stage. It was just one of those experiences that I will absolutely never forget.
1: So you went fangirl on yourself in the most important moment of your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I went fangirl on the fact that myself was on the screen. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see myself up there and to know that I had really made it, that I was really, you know, in the moment of pursuing one of, the goals that I've set out for myself since I was very young.
1: So, so uh, you're on stage. You, uh, for those who don't know, you dance ballet in yes. on in point. I don't know how you say. It.
0: <laughs> Just uh, on, I say on point. On I know point. that's not the official term. It's supposed to be end point, but yes. I say on point.
1: So uh, you're dancing ballet on point. Yes. In a in a in a fantastic red tutu, by the way. Um, did you feel like you nailed it?
0: I did. I really did feel like I nailed it, Uh, which I was a little bit worried before I went on stage uh, for two reasons. One, because the week before I had left for Miss America, I just kept having this roadblock where I just couldn't get through the piece. I was just anxious and worried about performing on stage. And for that entire week, I just had the hardest time actually getting through the piece and doing it to my fullest abilities. Um, And then as well as the flooring on the stage uh, was a little bit slippery. And so I had to wear, you know, point shoes with a little bit of extra padding on top of them. And so I was a little nervous about the shoe uh but at the end of the piece i really felt like that that was it that i had at that moment i had no regrets it was you know i could totally fall on my face tomorrow in my on-stage question like whatever happened it didn't matter because i had performed that piece to the best of my abilities and that was the highlight of my miss america experience
1: awesome What, what else went well for you that week competition-wise. Yeah,
0: everything went really well for me that week, actually. I felt really proud of myself and all of the hard work that I had put in. Uh, Normally, Miss America is only a few months after the Miss Utah competition, but this year, Miss Miss America had gotten pushed back all the way to December, so I had about six months of preparation which was kind of hard actually because I just felt like I was doing the same thing over and the same thing over and the same thing over and it didn't feel as fresh anymore But when I got to competition week, um, everything felt really good and clean. My private interview with the judges, I felt like went really well. I had just a good time conversing with them and helping them to understand who it is that I was. My social impact pitch felt really powerful to share with the audience what it is that I do and why it's important. I mean, I had a great time during that week, and I feel like everything that I did, I was able to do to the best of my abilities. And I have no regrets about that week.
1: That's awesome. Speaking of, uh, you you talked about feeling fresh, even though you're kind of in this rut. The the routine's the same, you're feeling fresh. What was fresh was that yellow gown you wore on introduction night. Thank you. How do you choose your clothes? Oh, and by the way, if you have not seen that dress, Dijana is absolutely resplendent, gorgeous in that dress. She's fantastic. You got to look it up (laughs) on the internet. How do you choose your clothes? Because you are by far my fashion uh, (laughs) uh, idol. You always look great. Uh, Oh. How do you choose that?
0: Yeah. um, My mom is actually a seamstress, and a wardrobe consultant, and so she's been doing my wardrobe for years and years and years, and she's amazing and has this phenomenal sense of style, so I definitely get that from her, but actually, when we went to go pick out my Miss America, um, you know, production dress, uh, we were not seeing eye to eye on that one, which was different, because normally we have the exact same sense of style, and so everything aligns, uh, we went to Florida, orlando florida to go meet up with one of my sponsors uh regalia who has just the most amazing gowns absolutely yes they're fantastic and i love love working with them so while we were there we had gone with a plan. We were gonna get either a red, a white, or a black because those were kind of my colors and the colors that I normally wear is red, white, or black. So that was all we looked at. I didn't look at any other dresses unless they were red, white, or black. We had come down to a decision of three dresses, one red, one white, and one black, and they were all absolutely gorgeous. And so we said, okay, we'll sleep on it. We'll come back the next morning, try them on again, see how we feel before we finally make the decision. So while we were trying on the dresses, um, I kind of saw this yellow dress out of the corner of my eye and I was like, I just feel like I should try that on. Um, And so I put it on and as soon as it was zipped up, I mean, it immediately fit perfectly. As soon as it was zipped, I just knew this is my dress. This is what I'm going to wear. And my mom was like, are you sure? I really like this red one you were wearing. And I was like, mom, I love you, but this is the dress. It has to be this yellow one. It just felt like me, which was really cool to be able to just put something on and to have it be absolutely you. And my mom who is just amazing at what she does was also able to alter it a little bit to add some extra rhinestones to make it really really pop on stage. So, it was it was a fun process. Um, you know, trying to pick that out and to finally picking the gown and having it be something that I was not expecting in the slightest.
1: Well, the world thanks you for changing your mind. <laughs> that was a gorgeous dress. Thank you. Um <laughs> awesome. So, talk about your mom and your dad a little bit. I mean, They've obviously facilitated and um, uh, stood by you, and and let you lean on them as you did this pretty much for the last you know decade, right? Yes. So talk about them. What what do they mean to you? I mean, how how much uh, is not getting realized by the public about how much that they've done for you?
0: Oh, everything. They are incredible. I'm very very lucky to have been born into a family. Of parents who are willing to go above and beyond for their children. I mean, my mom and dad work so, so hard to make sure that we have the opportunities to do the things that we want to do and to be able to achieve the goals that we want to. And so, it's been really amazing. I mean, my mom, for every competition, for every event I have, is always helping me with my wardrobe, is always fixing and sewing things and putting things together, helping me with my hair, helping me with my makeup. My dad is constantly driving me to events, being, you know, my little backstage photographer, and just, it's been an incredible journey to be able to have them on it with me. And I don't think I could have done it without them. I know that sounds cliche and kind of cheesy, but I really don't know if I could because they have both inspired me in so many different ways. I mean, my mom is just such a determined, strong, independent woman. And to be able to look up to that and to strive to that. And my dad is so loving and caring and service oriented. And to have those examples in my life is, is what has made me the woman that I am today. I wouldn't be who I am without them.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And, and you know, you guys are like my favorite family and I won't mm-hmm. even hide that. You guys are awesome, <laughs> all of you. Which one of your sisters do you like the best?
0: Um it <laughs> depends on the day to be quite frank <laughs> what are,
1: uh, what do your sisters mean to you?
0: Oh, I love my little sisters. I'm the oldest of two little sisters and so it's been really really fun to watch them grow and to become the women that they are and to see them from when they're just little itty bitty and their distinct personalities to being who they are now it's really really cool I love love my little sisters we are all the exact same size in clothing and shoes which is fantastic because my wardrobe yeah, closet wardrobe exactly, right exactly my wardrobe is like three times as big which is a lot of fun but I think one of the funniest things, um, so Azure, the middle child, so sweet, so kind, um, hates to share her clothes, will not share her clothes, I mean, she's gotten a lot better about it, but I remember when I was probably, like, 13, um, so she was around, like, 11 years old, I went into her room one day to see if I could find a top that I wanted to wear, and she had, like, put up this huge poster on her closet that said, I am trying to learn to be more Christ-like and share, so please ask before you borrow my clothes or I will be very sad. (laughs) I was like, oh.
1: Oh, my gosh. And how old, how old was she at the time?
0: She was, like, 11 years old at that time.
1: And you guys were still the same size then, too? Yeah.
0: We've almost always been the same size because she's only two years younger than me. And then is only two years younger than Ajay. So, it took until Tasia was about 15 for me and her to fit in the same clothing. But me and Ajay have almost always been close to the same size. But they are super fun. They are just a source of light and happiness and humor and... They're awesome. I really, really love my sisters.
1: I agree. And if I could shout out a little bit, I dragged you um, on a photo shoot. It's uh-huh. like the earliest part of the early. And your little sister was there supporting you being yep. your person. And, and so, I mean, on a school day, I believe.
0: Oh, yeah. She's just one of those people. She is an amazing, amazing support system. And she likes... pretend that she's too cool sometimes but she she's really just a loving and kind human being and will do anything for anyone i really really admire that about tasia
1: yeah she's awesome and and i got i gotta every time i go somewhere and you're there i start to get a new sense because your family's always with you um yeah I i get a new sense of why they're so great it's uh anyway your family's the best. Everyone should follow every one of her family members because (laughs) uh, I swear you'll be better people after you do. So um, let's talk about your sponsors a little bit. Yes. I mean, you're sponsored by like everybody. Um,
0: I'm very lucky.
1: What what was weird about having all of these uh, sponsors for you uh, when you first started?
0: Yeah, it was a change. Uh, but a very good change. I have a lot of different sponsors who I love and adore. I mean, Shine Cosmetics, uh, we have, you know, Murdoch, Linden, they give me a new car every 3000 miles, which has been a lot of fun to try out a lot of different kinds of vehicles. I feel like every time I finally get the grasp of how it works, what all the buttons do, it's time for me to get a new car. Um, They're always making sure I ride around in style. I get to work with Otalis Salon. I get to work with, you know, Emily Lesher Photography, Chad Faces Photography, obviously you and your photography. I have a lot of clothing sponsors. I mean, I've just been really, really lucky with all of the people who are willing to reach out and to help and to try and make the Miss Utah experience as awesome as it can be.
1: Yeah, and, and a lot of ways. I, I feel like you're, uh, um. You've got a lot of people that are, in it for you, and, uh, not just your family, but but these sponsors. They bend over backwards to make sure you look good, that you feel good, and all that. Um, and I definitely wouldn't I wouldn't want to go through this podcast without mentioning them. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm super, super lucky. I really appreciate all of them and everything they do. There's, I could never like express all of the gratitude I have for them because they have made this year so exciting and so fun and have made sure that I was just always on my A game.
1: Excellent. So, you know, we've talked about this year, this year, this year, but a lot of people don't know um, that you are Miss Utah for a whole extra year because of the COVID-19 situation. What does that mean to you? I mean that that's equal parts um stressing as well as exciting, you know. I can I can only imagine what you're going through. What what does it mean to you?
0: Yeah, it was to be honest, um a couple of days before they had made the announcement that Miss America would be postponed and that, you know, the states would have the option to reign for another year, I kind of felt like it was coming. I could feel that something was a little off, that something, you know, different was going to happen, and I remember uh, my director, Carly Condi, who's phenomenal, texted me one day and said, hey, can you come over? We need to have a little chat. And I immediately was like, I'm going to be Miss Utah for another year. I just could feel it. And it has been an exciting opportunity, obviously, but it was a little scary at first because, you know, I had had a plan of things that I was going to do and what I was going to get ready for and, you know, trying to get things ready to move on past Miss Utah. Um, And then to have, you know, those plans kind of shift and change was weird at first, but Ultimately, I'm just really grateful to be able to have this job for one more year. Um, I've been working so, so hard since I was so young to have the opportunity to be Miss Utah, and I think that this is my karma, is saying, okay, you worked so hard, you wanted this so bad, you're going to get it for two
1: years. Yeah, you earned this, right? Yeah,
0: it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I'm going to be able to go back to school. Some things will change a little bit. Um,
1: like your maybe your schedule's not quite so demanding?
0: Yeah, it'll be a little bit of a watered-down version of this year, but ultimately, I'm just excited to stay be able to serve my community in the capacity that I can as Miss Utah.
1: That's awesome. And and uh, speaking of service, I, I, I want to also talk about your humanitarian trips. You've gone on how many now?
0: Uh, I think mm, one, two, three, four. Four.
1: Four trips. Yes. Tell me some of the takeaways. Where have you gone? What have you loved? What did you learn about yourself and about other people? Talk about them a little bit.
0: Yes. Oh, and now that I'm counting, it's actually five. But um, I've had the opportunity to go to Tijuana, Mexico twice uh, with my family to be able to build houses, you know, for those who are in need. That has been our Christmas for the past couple of years. Uh, We've also had the opportunity to go and to serve into Vietnam twice. Uh, My great aunt has an organization out there called SJ Inc. And what they do is they provide so many things for so many different communities out there. They provide, you know, opportunities for orphanages, they provide opportunities for children. They do a lot of fantastic work and I'm really happy that I'm able to be a part of that family and be a part be a part of the work that they do. Um and then just recently I was able to go to Uganda, Africa with Who Lives, which is a foundation that brings clean water wells to people all All over the world, but especially throughout Africa. And that was an opportunity that has really, really changed me. I mean, I had seen poverty in my life, I had seen hardships, I had seen poverty. When we were in Mexico, we were building houses for families who literally lived in tents and under tarps, and that was their dwelling, that was their homes. In Vietnam, I had met children who had never had parents, you know, who lived really hard lives in these orphanages, but in Uganda, that was just poverty that I had never experienced before, and to really understand how excited and happy they were for something so essential as water was a weird experience, something that, you know, I go any room in my house, there's a tap where I can get clean water so easily and so accessibly. And they did not have that opportunity. And water is a source of life. I mean, the water that they had been using was from these lakes and ponds that were miles and miles from their homes. So they were having to walk tens of miles to get and collect this water, to bring it back, to use it, to bathe in, to drink, to cook with. And it was dirty, filthy water that was giving them these horrible diseases. And so when we were able to put in some of these clean water wells, it was just an overwhelming feeling of happiness and gratitude for something so simple, something so essential and that we take for granted here in the U.S. Uh, that was an experience that will always, always stay with me.
1: Right. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 I saw your... Um, Instagram and some of the, the things you posted when you got back. And uh, I felt compelled to donate. If people want to donate also, uh, where do they go to do that?
0: Yeah, you can go to uh, org.
1: Spell who lives for us.
0: W H uh, O L I V E S. So
1: just like it sounds. Yep,
0: just like it sounds. Who lives. And one of the things that I learned while I was with them is that this is like the craziest statistic to me, but $5 gives a child clean water for life. And so it's not a lot of money, it's not a lot of effort, it's just going out and doing it to give that help to someone, to be able to give a child clean water. For life, you can actually go and do a reoccurring donation, which is what I do. And every time that I get that email, you know that that reoccurring donation has come again each month. I get really happy and excited to know that there's another child that's going to get clean water.
1: Exactly, and that's why I felt compelled. You know, I you know do what you can, do a lot or yeah. do a little, but uh, everything you can give helps. Exactly. Um, Okay, so I've got uh, I've got a few quick questions that we can end the interview with. Kay. But first, I want to ask if there, is there anybody you want to thank publicly in this forum? Oh,
0: there are <laughs> so many people. <laughs> do I do wanna you want to get thank. out your list? I yeah, honestly, I it would be like tens of pages long. But really, I just want to thank everyone who has been with me on this journey. There are so many people to friends, to families, to directors, to board members, to sponsors. I have been so blessed and so lucky to have the opportunity to be with these people and to have them in my life. And everyone who's been with me on this journey just deserves the biggest thanks and gratitude because I could not have done this without all of them. They say it takes a village, you know, to raise a child, but it took an entire community, an entire state to get one girl to miss america and so i'm really grateful for everyone who's been with me
1: well on behalf of everyone since you did thank everyone on behalf <laughs> of everyone we say you're welcome you've oh. been you've been awesome um quick questions fashion yes. or makeup
0: uh ooh fashion
1: okay fashion or chocolate
0: chocolate <laughs> that was the easiest question <laughs>
1: okay so chocolate or true love
0: um true love
1: or chocolate. <laughs> but,
0: chocolate is also my true love. That, so That got well,
1: harder, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, quick question. How do you find balance in everything you do?
0: It's really hard to be able to find that balance. But for me, it's finding little moments throughout the day where I can just be grateful for the little things. Um I have a gratitude journal that I write in every night. And some nights, you know, the gratitude journal is, you know, thanking being grateful for these big, amazing opportunities that I've been given. But a lot of nights, the things I write in that gratitude journal are, I'm really thankful for a bed that I can sleep in. I'm really grateful for fuzzy blankets. I'm really grateful for Diet Coke. And it's just finding those little moments each and every day where you can be grateful for something is where I've been able to really balance my life.
1: What are you reading right now?
0: I am reading a book called Pillow Thoughts. Um, It is actually just a culmination of a lot of different poems, specifically love poems. I'm very cheesy. I love love. So (laughs) that's a very good read if anyone's interested.
1: All right. Who inspires you?
0: Oh, there are so many amazing people that inspire me. But I think the person that inspires me on a daily basis has to be strangers, who give that love and that kindness just randomly, and to be able to see these acts of service and these acts of love happen around me daily, that's something that really inspires me.
1: Now, it's it's hard for me to believe as I sit here and listen to you talk um, that you're only like 20. Is that is, that, is it 20 or yeah, 21?
0: 20. I'll be 21 in January, so okay. i have still got a minute.
1: Okay, yeah. And so you've got so much left to do in your life, and, and you're not even like mature yet. Yeah. I mean, you're mature, <laughs> but when you're 40, you'll look back and go, I was not even mature at yeah. all. And then when you're 60, you'll be like, Nah, I, I didn't have it figured out then either. <laughs> uh, what does fully mature, fully realized Dejana look like?
0: Oh... I think fully mature, fully realized Ajana is just someone who really understands the world and the love and humanity around her. I mean, I've had opportunities to do a lot with my life so far, and I've been very lucky for these opportunities to be able to travel and to be able to understand the world around me, but I want to understand it on such a deeper level to truly you know, come to the understanding of who we are as people. What is our purpose? What are we doing? You know, what is the world around us? Like, I really want to learn about that quite a bit more.
1: Great answer. Last question for okay. you What's left to prove?
0: Oh, everything. Everything's <laughs> left to prove. Right? Yes. I think every day I want to wake up with the idea that today I'm going to do something great. And if I can do that every day for the rest of my life, then I will have, then I will feel like I've really proven myself to myself. That's the only person that I want to prove is myself to myself, to understand that I did everything I could every day to be the absolute best that I could be.
1: And on behalf of everyone, I say you are, you're amazing. Um, thanks for coming on the program with me. Um, if you want to find Dejana online, uh, it's D E X O N N A. There's no other Dejana in the world that I know no. of, so you'll be able to find her quite easily on Instagram <laughs> and all of her social media and all of those things. She is an absolute must-follow. Um, you're my hero. I look up to you, Dejana, and I want to say that you're my forever Miss Utah, and thank you for coming on the program with me.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It's been great. And to end the podcast, I want to get into some thoughts I've had. Um, I kind of wanted to just explain to you why I started the podcast. I'm new at it. I'm pretty raw. I've got some things to learn. Just bear with me. I'll get better. Um, We'll get better. But um, I know some amazing people. Dijon is one of them. And I just thought that everybody has a good story to tell. And everybody is admirable in some way. And I just want to bring that out in people. I want to show you how good people can be. And Dishana is a great example to me and a great example to all of us. And if I had any daughters, I only got sons, but if I had any daughters, I would want them to grow up like Dishana. She's an amazing girl. And as I go through this podcast, I think you'll find that we, I know a lot of amazing people and you do too. And if you just ask questions and if you, if you figure out who they are, how they operate, you'll find that they're quite uh, admirable good people. And that's my final thought for today. I just want to let you know that I really like my people, and I really want you to like them too. You can find Dijana online at Dijana everywhere. She's the only Dijana in the world. That's D-E-X-O-N-N-A. You can find me anywhere at Photogregor, P-H-O-T-O-G-R-E-G-E-R. Anyway... I hope you enjoy this podcast. Look for future episodes.